There is a place, a very real and literal place, free of sin and shame, a place of hope and purpose, a place of joy and promise. And this place is the place of the first voice. There is a place where confusion does not exist, a place where all thought is boiled down to one provable and sustainable spot. This place is the place of the first voice, the origin of all truth. There was a place called Paradise, the Garden of Eden, where the first voice resided. That first voice was God, the Creator's voice, the voice that made us. Our great-grandparents, Adam and Eve, dwelt in this paradise where the first voice alone was heard. They were immortal and had a beautiful postcard sky every day. One day a second voice was heard in the beautiful garden. That second voice was Satan's. Satan challenged the word of God. Eve rejected the first voice for the second, and Adam followed her lead. That very day paradise and immortality was lost, and sin and death began their horrible reign. Imagine that there is, for there surely is, a way back to paradise and immortality. This place of the first voice cannot be reached by any natural action. An outside supernatural force must be employed. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 7. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. This beautiful place mentioned is the place where only the born again reside. If you have yet to possess the spiritual plane of salvation, do it today. Click on the Further with Jesus for simple instructions and instant entry into the kingdom of God, the place of the first voice. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis 1-1, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. God said, Exodus chapter 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Man said, There is no creator God, but rather there was a big bang from virtually nothing, the simple random act of chance, and over billions of years, life and cognizance evolved. Now the record. Why do the pseudoscientists cling so desperately to their failed theories? On this website, there are presently 329 subjects that certify by extra-biblical sources the pure veracity of the majority text Holy Bible. About 18% of these subjects deal directly with evolution. The Word of God teaches an earth that was created in six literal days. According to biblical genealogy and history, the earth is just over 6,000 years old. Of course, this young earth principle is 180 degrees out from evolution's billions and billions, which is ever-changing, by the way. God said man said has received numerous emails ridiculing the Bible's young earth, but when the skeptics are challenged to prove their claims of billions, they simply slink away, typically never to be heard from again. 
Why do they so desperately cling to their untenable positions? Certainly part of the reason is that if they don't, the enormous infrastructure of evolution which they've contributed to building will collapse around their aggregate ears. Things that would be categorized as so much foolishness are listed as follows. Their educations, their employment, their universities, their textbooks, their journals, their published papers, their prestige, etc. The ultimate reason they reject the obvious truth of the word of God is spoken by Jesus Christ in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 17 through 20. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Pivotal to the theory of evolution is the doctrine of uniformitarianism. The basic concept of uniformitarian geology is that the earth and life has evolved in a very uniform, constant, predictable rate over billions of years. The scriptures, of course, teach two hugely dramatic events that by no one's imagination could be depicted as uniform. One is the six-day creation of earth. If you would have arrived on earth at the end of the sixth day and viewed things, you would have assumed that what you were seeing at history in substantial age, but it in fact was only six days old, while man and earthbound creatures had less than one day of age. The second dramatic event was the cataclysmic worldwide flood that devastated the globe and everything that had the breath of life in its nostrils, with the exception of those upon Noah's Ark. The preponderance of data surely support the literal truth of these two events. The conception of uniformitarian geology created a false expanse of time, an expanse that did not exist. It must be noted that many geologists have now rejected uniformitarian theory. This is just one more insurmountable hurdle, giving place to more evolution-like untenable ideas, such as punctuated equilibrium, which was introduced by Niles Eldred sometime around the 1980s. Because the missing links are always missing, and uniformitarianism is falling apart, as well as sundry other problems, the evolutionists needed a new champion. Punctuated equilibrium theory purports that it did not take millions or billions of years for each species to evolve, but rather abruptly in just a few thousand years. This position is no panacea, for it is even more unthinkable than classical evolution theory. Nevertheless, they continue to cling. As research continues, more young Earth and young universe evidence will be discovered. Discover magazine contains uh, information in July 2005 concerning the age of Mars. Most of the craters are highly non-uniform in how they are distributed across the planet, says planetary uh, geologist Alfred McEwen of the University of Arizona in Tucson. The surface can go from being free of craters to being full of craters in an instant, he says. The upshot is that despite its pockmarked appearance, the surface of Mars may be hundreds of millions of years younger than previously thought, end of quote. Three feature articles on God Said, Man Said deal with the surprising discoveries of soft tissue found in supposedly 65-million-year-old dinosaurs and active bone marrow in ancient frog fossils. These discoveries created a mad scramble in the camp of the unbelievers. 
Sacred evolutionary dictums were shaken at their roots, even down to their understanding of something as basic as fossilization. See the following subjects. Soft tissue dinosaurs, shock evolutionists, Info Briefs Part 2, North Pole Tropical Discovered Again. The November 2006 issue of Back to Genesis contained information about one of Saturn's little moons, Enceladus. Enceladus, less wide than Arizona, erupted and continues erupting. Plumes had been uh, suspected months earlier, but by November 2005, the evidence was unmistakable. Up to 375 kilograms of water per second is being ejected at temperatures up to 180 kelvins. Enceladus joins Earth and Io is actively erupting solar system objects. Even more surprising, the eruptions are all at the South Pole, normally the coldest region of a planet or moon. The reactions of scientists are nearly as interesting as the observations themselves. The findings were reported in a special issue of Science, uh, March 10, 2006. It wasn't long until scientists began wondering how to fit the observations into four, uh, excuse me, into 4.5 billion years, the assumed age of the solar system. At current eruption rates, Enceladus would have uh, ejected one-sixth of its mass and recycled its entire mass in that time. Neither radioactivity nor tidal flexing appear sufficient to sustain the activity. Apparently, Enceladus also gets hyperactive. A huge surge in the E-ring was observed in early 2004 on approach. It is unlikely Cassini just happened to be present if this were a rare event. Planetary scientists are actively reworking their models in light of these surprises. The simplest explanation, that Enceladus might be young, does not even enter the mind of most of them. It's a sure sign of dogma when no observation, no matter how anomalous, challenges an accepted belief. The assumed age of the solar system has become a thought prism. Creation scientists, unhindered by such notions, should go forth and discover the fountains of youth. End of quote. Creation magazine cites astronomer John Eddy quoted in an article in Geo Times. This is what it said. I suspect that the sun is 4.5 billion years old. However, given some new and unexpected results to the contrary, and some time for some frantic recalculations and theoretical readjustment, I suspect that we could live with Bishop Usher's value for the age of the earth and sun about 6,000 years. I don't think there is much in the way of uh, observational evidence to conflict with that, end of quote. Old oil just got a major facelift. In Answers Magazine, first quarter 2007, under the title The Origin of Oil, is found the following. Crude oils themselves do not take long to be generated from appropriate organic matter. Most petroleum geologists believe crude oils form mostly from plant material, such as diatoms, single-celled marine and freshwater photosynthetic organisms, and beds of coal, huge fossilized masses of plant debris. The latter is believed to be the source of most Australian crude oils and natural gas because coal beds are in the same sequences of sedimentary rock layers as the petroleum reservoir rocks. Thus, for example, 
It has been demonstrated in the laboratory that moderate heating of the brown coals of the Gippsland Basin of Victoria, Australia, to uh, simulate their rapid deeper burial, will generate crude oil and natural gas similar to that found in reservoir rocks offshore in only, listen to this, two to five days. All the available evidence points to a recent catastrophic origin for the world's vast oil deposits from plant and other organic debris consistent with the biblical account of earth history, end of quote. The world's population itself points to a very young earth. Answers magazine in the fourth quarter 2006 issue contained an article titled Billions of People in Thousands of Years. The following excerpts are from that article. Let us start in the beginning with one male and one female. Now let us assume that they marry and have children, and that their children marry and have children, and so on. And let us assume that the population doubles every 150 years. Therefore, after 150 years, there will be four people. After another 150 years, there will be eight people. After another 150 years, there will be 16 people, and so on. It should be noted that this growth, growth rate excuse me, is actually very conservative. In reality, even with disease, famines, and natural disasters, the world population currently doubles every 40 years or so. After 32 doublings, which is only 4,800 years, the world population would have reached almost 8.6 billion. That's 2 billion more than the current population of 6.5 billion people, which was recorded by the U.S. Bureau of Census of March 1, 2006, end of quote. According to the author of this article above, if humans were here for just 50,000 years, the population of this globe would have reached a Google, which is a one, followed by 100 zeros. In the May 2007 issue of Back to Genesis, an article titled, Why Does ICR Study the Mount St. Helens Eruption? that discusses the biblical record of Earth. Excerpts follow. Keep in mind that most of the damage done by the eruption was water-related. Mount St. Helens had been glacier-covered, and when it got hot, water raced down that mountain as a mighty flood, eroding soil, rocks, trees, everything in its path, eventually redepositing them at the foot of the mountain. Volcanic episodes added to the fury. When the eruption calmed, up to 600 feet of sediments had been deposited, full of plant and animal remains. Now, the sediments have hardened into sedimentary rock, and the dead things have fossilized. Furthermore, wood is petrifying. Peat, the precursor to coal, has formed. A deep canyon has been gouged out. Many features which geologists are taught take long ages to form were seen to happen rapidly. Ignatius rocks, which formed since 1980, yielded radioisotope dates of millions of years, but are obviously much younger in age. A catchy slogan helps illustrate this. 
To form geologic features, it either takes a little bit of water in a long time or a lot of water in a short time. Even though we didn't witness the flood, we do see modern catastrophes and they rapidly accomplish things the flood did on a grander scale. In a short, biblically compatible time scale, such a flood can account for the features we see on earth, features which many geologists mistake for evidence of great age. Earth doesn't really look old. It looks flooded. End of quote. The word of God is true and righteous altogether. God said thousands of years ago that the world is just over 6,000 years old and he never changed his position. The evidence says yes, but the ungodly cling to foolishness like a drowning man to a twig. God said, Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. God said, Exodus chapter 20 verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Man said, There is no creator God, but rather there was a big bang from virtually nothing, a simple random act of chance, and over billions of years, life and cognizance evolved. Now you have the record.